You are now tuned in to the official podcast of the foundation. Enjoy the show. And on that note, let's talk about it. <laughs> Welcome to the foundation. It is yours truly, the incredible DJ Battle. And hey, it's just me. I'm up here solo for now. Uh, Max Black is under the weather, but it's all good because, you know, I'm going to interview this beautiful queen that you see here. Very beautiful. And before I do, definitely want to let you guys know it's disclaimer time only. Basically, that you know it's just a Good, good old conversation between the king and the queen. We're just going to talk about everything that she's doing in this in this world today because she's definitely doing some healing. And I can't wait to hear it. But we definitely don't want no legal issues because it's for entertainment purposes only. So let me introduce you to this queen. Um, hey, I knew her for a few years. You know, we always chopped it up, always talked about great conversation, great positive vibes. She's always in the community healing always about the community first so i want to introduce you to asoye uhuru bay <laughs> yeah so you have this beautiful organization i want you to tell the people first of all who you are and what it is you do in down there in the uh beautiful city of jacksonville yes oh my goodness jacksonville so go ahead talk go ahead tell the people what you do good evening Foundation King audience. Um, my name is <laughs> Dr. Asoye Uhuru Bay. Um, I am a therapist, a dope black therapist. Um, and I, I operate, um, I do psychotrauma therapy. I also do marriage and family. Um, and my focus is healing trauma. Um, my brand is the spirit of a woman and under spirit of a woman is healing us and Harper Banks. Um, so I've been a therapist for 25 plus years. Um, my focus is the black family. And the reason I went into therapy is because my mom suffered from mental illness. So I grew up as an only child with a mom that suffered from schizophrenia, bipolar and narcissism. Mm. Um, my family's from Ghana. So mental health is taboo and it's not something that you can have. Like that's not for us. That's what I grew up believing. So my plight was to understand psychology and how the mind works so that I could heal the trauma in my family. And maybe I could teach my mom to love me, to be present for me. So that is how I started this journey. Um, and in it, I ended up working with the homeless population, uh, housing people, um, running the rapid rehousing program, facilitating groups under those grants. And what I realized was that those programs weren't healing us. Those programs weren't designed for us. They were written in a middle-class um, white male context and it didn't provide services for us. It actually created more trauma. So I started a group called the Seeds of Change where I plant the seeds of healing. You do the work using the tools that I provide for you and we reap the harvest of your healing. And then my assignment to you is to continue that healing by helping somebody else to heal. Um, I started that about 10 years ago because we were putting thousands of dollars. I was the state treasurer for the homeless coalition here in Florida and $7.6 million or more was coming in every year for us to house 
and help homeless families become stable. But as soon as we stopped paying the rent, they were homeless again. So what I understood was it was something deeper that was making these families not be okay with all of their material needs met. And that thing was they weren't healing. They weren't healing the traumas. They weren't healing the childhood trauma. So the inner child and that trauma that they experienced as a child was driving the car, was running their life. Yes, they were adults, but they weren't healed. So I walked away from government um, and started a private practice. And in that private practice, um, now I host retreats. Every three months, I host retreats um, where I I bring people together. And through healing your trauma, we're going to birth your healer because all of us have a story and all of us have a testimony. And in that testimony, they're healers because your story inspires and guides and motivates other people to want to be well. So um, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, We rent an Airbnb. We bring all the women or whomever is wanting to be a part of that retreat together. Um, It's a weekend retreat as of right now. I would love to expand to do like a seven day, 21 day retreat. But right now it's a weekend retreat. Um, We come together. We have sunrise meditation on the beach. I have somebody that comes in that does meditation. I have somebody that comes in that does yoga. I have somebody that comes in that's a personal chef that feeds us well to help encourage that healing. Um, No processed foods. We're eating live, good food. And, and we share our stories. And in those stories, we remove the mask and we remove the shame and the guilt and, and people inspire each other to heal. So that is my purpose and my plight. Um, yes, on paper, I'm a therapist, but in the community, I'm a healer because I have a story. My testimony is that my mom suffered and she suffered in silence. So she wasn't able to be present for me. Oh, so wow. I took that and now I'm giving it back to the world. Wow, that is amazing, man. She she was so efficient that all the questions that I have prepared, she just <laughs> hey, it's it's, no, it's almost no questions to ask. Um, it's man, I'm passionate <laughs> about what I do. Like I I do it from my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, if people can pay for the retreat, great. If you can't, I, it's no reason to not be there because we need this healing, and we need this healing from a perspective that understands us. So mm-hmm. I call it healing us too. Okay. So is a is a funding are, are you getting help with funding as far as like do you have like a nonprofit? Do you, are you getting funding from the government or or donors? I'm not getting government funding. And the reason I don't, so as a therapist, I don't accept insurance. Okay. And I don't accept um government funding because they put limitations on how I can heal and how I can promote. And although on paper clinically I I'm a, a doctor. Um, I use all sorts of modalities, meditation, crystals, herb um, therapy. Um, So I believe that you meet people where they are and people need life applicable practices to help them so that when they get home, it's no foreign concept of what the healing looks like. So with that, um, I have a silent partner that's an investor. I network with other women and people that have organizations that are about healing the community and healing people. Yeah. Um, I bring them in, we partner. I introduce the clients that I serve to them. They introduce their clients and we, we keep this thing networking. We're not operating in an island. We are a collective of healers and, and that's how we flow. So that's how I fund what I do. Um, the participants, they pay what they can, but then the healers that I bring in to assist in the healing, they contribute. Wow. 
I think this is so important to our community because there's so much damage done to our, our people. Something that you said, you know, and, and my wife, when she wrote her book, she she wrote some similar to what you just said. Like a lot of folks, when they when they deal with trauma at a very young age, they just stick a Band-Aid and don't deal with the wound. And the whole time they're growing up, you know, they grow up and that wound is still fresh. So mm -hmm. they still that fractured person, no no, 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 uh, matter how far along in life they get, they, if they don't deal with it, they're still fractured. And sometimes yeah. they don't even know that it's trauma that they're dealing with. They think, like I hear people say all the time, this is just who I am. I don't like to be around this group of people or I can't deal with this or all of that's trauma because when you're healed, you're able to be in any environment. You're inferior to none. You're greater than none. You're equal to all. And you understand that we are all a part of one plight. We're all a part of the machine. So all that trauma separates us. You think that your story is isolated. Like so many people that I work with, they the bondage that they find themselves in is the self-induced bondage. Because you think if people knew that I grew up with a schizophrenic mom, they're not going to trust me to be a therapist, right? Like, yeah. how do you know? No. So you free yourself from that. Because when you free yourself from those self-limiting beliefs that you're imposing on you, because when you see me, we've been friends for years. You didn't know that about my mom. No. I know that. Yeah. So I show up in that insecurity of the things that I've experienced and we hide behind that and it limits us. Yeah. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our employment. It shows up in how we complete goals and tasks that we are trying to do. You hear people say, every time I make a step forward, something pulls me back. That's that trauma that you're not dealing with. Yeah. So remove the veil, take off the mask and expose yourself as I'm vulnerable because I've been through some things. When I first started practicing, I used to ask people like, what's wrong with you? Like, how can I help you? But what I realized with it is nothing wrong with anybody. Something happened to them. They experienced something. Yeah. And yeah. That, that becomes the shaper of who they are. And when you understand that people have been through some things um, and you give them the power to be free, like non-judgment, whatever you've been through, it's okay. You're greater than that. Yes. So your your worth didn't change because you experienced some things. What devalues you is when you walk around with those open wounds and you're not willing to do the work so that you can heal. Yep, yep. And and, and that and that and that makes me think, you know, because because my wife she's a um, addiction physician and she's a sleep physician, but on a, on the addiction side, she talks about how, like you just said, it's, it's a lot of people look at someone who does, who does drugs. They don't look at the fact that what they've been through. They just judge the person and don't look at it from an aspect of, okay, what, what happened to you? Right. You know, cause anybody that um, does anything, any hard drugs or, or sometimes even recreation, they're trying to escape something. Absolutely. You know, and um, she, she wrote that in her book as well. I'm looking at some of the comments. Um, like she says, it sounds like a fully holistic approach. So many of us suffer in silence and she loved the concept. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Thank I got, I got new vision, new vision. He jumped in on what's up, big home. What's going on out there in Indianapolis, what's, man? What's going on? Good evening, y'all. Apologies, man. I had to Good get evening. Some stuff taken care of. Good evening. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you too. Yeah, you know it's Indy, bro. We out here. <laughs> it's Indiana, man. We out here. How y'all doing today? Tonight. Oh man, we doing good, man. I just got through. Um, you know, just Soya just broke down her whole organization. Okay. It's, it's something that our community needs. You know, she deals with um, basically healing 
just healing broken spirits, to be honest with you. That's that's the yeah. best way to look to look at it. Okay. Um, you know, and she she just talked about her retreat and um um the whole steps and the process. And even for folks who can't afford to get there, she still makes a, a way for them to get out there and get the healing that they need. So okay. this is this these are the type of pillars we need in the community, man. And I said, man, I got I got to interview you on the on the podcast. I've been tugging at it for a while. You got to, you got to right. get on the podcast because the people I like the work behind about... the scenes. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a, a a present person. Um, and before COVID, I had an assistant, so she would do this for me. But okay. now the universe has made way. Like, no, you ain't sitting back no more. You're gonna do the work, and you're gonna be seen. So I appreciate you humbly. I appreciate you. Oh my goodness. That's yep. what's up. So uh, I'm sorry. I only caught the tail end. I heard like the last couple things you were saying, but I'm gonna go back and watch the beginning so I can see, <laughs> you know, what you said. <laughs> I ain't gonna make you go back all through it again. Y'all done been rocking, so I'm just gonna. The so. last thing that I want to say is I want to piggyback off of you, um, DJ Battle, about people that have substance use. I don't even use the term substance abuse anymore, but substance use. Um, they're trying to escape something. So I told you how my mom suffered in silence with mental illness um, for my entire life. She was a heroin addict. My dad was the dope man and she was the heroin addict. So they people used to say, oh, there's something wrong with her. Like, why is she doing this? You need to get yourself together because she wasn't allowed to be mentally ill. Our community doesn't, that doesn't, now we're recognizing that we need mental health. Now we're recognizing that we need therapy and support. But there was a time in the Black community where mental illness was taboo. Yes. Yeah. So if you're on psychotropic medications, then that's saying, yes, I acknowledge that I'm mentally ill. So it was easier to be a drug addict than it was to be mentally ill. And in that mental illness, she was often criminalized, arrested for things. So she has this police record and this um, use that she's doing and people were labeling her like, oh, you're bad, something's wrong. No, she was suffering in silence because she wasn't allowed to be ill to receive the healing. Yeah. So my plight is whatever you got going on, it's okay. Because your story, you're here for a purpose. You were born for a purpose and we're all a part of the machine and all of the parts of the machine are valuable. Even a penny on the ground still holds its worth. Hey. That's that's facts. That's facts, man. Hey, I'm, you just got me. You got me over his speeches, damn near. Um, this this is really good stuff. I'm looking at the comments. Um, they definitely want the info on on the retreats. They want to know, you know, how can they get this information? I'm like, so my website is spiritofawoman.org. Um, my email address is healingus at spiritofawoman.org. Um, I'm not on social media. I'm working on it. Social media for me as a therapist, I watch what it does to people. People think that they have to meet up. They have to meet somebody else's standard. They have to, you know, it. people be who they want to be behind the, the keyboard. So I like interpersonal relationships and connecting like this. Um, I've, been, I've been doing this almost 10 years and I've never had a social media page and all of my clients have been word of mouth. So the website's there. The email address is there. Um, I'll give my phone number because I like that personal contact. Um, my phone number is 
All right, yeah, and I definitely put that information up there. When I, when I once I go back and edit, I make sure I put it up there for everyone to see. And uh, and the next retreat is in September, and it's going to be in Clearwater. Um, and then we're going to do a grand retreat at the beginning of the year in March. We decided to skip the next three months, but the the one in March is going to be in Sedona, Arizona, at the Enchanted Resort in those clay hills. Um, so, wow. yeah. Wow, that's that's. That's that's a high concept. I mean, I really love it, and uh, I can't see nothing but but great things coming from this. Um, and I'm definitely wishing the, you the best. If I anywhere I can help, you know, if I could forward any one your direction, I'd definitely do it. So, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank definitely. you.